Awesome, awesome. Well, welcome to Christmas at Lake Point Church. Uh, we are so delighted that you could join us uh, today. Uh, I know we, uh, we've got, um, not only do we have our regular attenders here, and obviously we have uh, some that are actually uh, um, uh, here for the first time, and we so are grateful that you decided to come worship with us. I love Christmas uh, but at, at the same time, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty busy, uh, as, uh, as we can all attest to that. Uh, there's lots of distractions that happen uh, at Christmas, and lots of things that could sort of, you know, get us off balance a little bit. And, uh, and my hope uh, to you today, I, I, my hope is that God would speak a word to you that he's given to me. And my hope is that these words are Frank's words. These are the words of the Holy Spirit. As, as the Holy Spirit is speaking even now and has spoken to me uh, weeks and weeks ahead of time as to what we're, what we're talking about for this series, I really feel like we're going to take this familiar story, which we have all heard, take this story and how to apply it and how to, how to dig down in our hearts and put that seed of the story in our hearts and, and how it can be applied to our life. And so that is, that is my goal here today. We started this, uh, this Star Tour Christmas series uh, last Sunday. And, um, and as I shared last week, a reason I call it Star Tour is because there's a little movie coming out this, this next week. Uh, that has the word star in it. So I was like, you know what? We're just going to, we're going to expand on that a little bit. And uh, how many of y'all, let's just take a poll. Is anyone here that actually have their tickets to Star Wars? Not, oh, okay. Yeah, that's nice. That's great. Okay. Nice. Now, how many of y'all are planning on seeing it, whether you have your ticket or not? How many are planning on seeing Star Wars like the day it comes out? Like, that is your plan. Okay. You're going to do whatever it takes. Uh, Logan, put your hand down. All right. And um, so now, what about what about uh, how many of y'all are just going to wait like a like a week, like you know, just wait till every all the crowds go away, you know? Yeah, it might have to wait two weeks, you know, for this for this movie. Uh, how many of y'all? Let's just be honest here. How many of y'all are going to just wait till it comes out uh, on Redbox? All right, are you the red boxers? All the red boxers. There we go. <laughs> in the comfort and the confines of your own home and your own remote, where you could pause it. Fix the popcorn, use the restroom, all that kind of stuff, and you can continue. Um, well, for those of you who are going to see it uh, for opening day, don't spoil it for the rest of us, okay? We all want to know, okay, what happens to Luke Skywalker? That's the biggest question of all. What, where's he at, and what's going to happen? And we've kind of seen pictures of Han Solo and that kind of stuff. So w there's a lot of things that we're intrigued about this story of Star Wars, and you know, there's a lot that we can be intrigued about with this Christmas story. Say, my Frank, I've heard this Christmas story time and time again. You know what? I'm on the same boat with you. I've heard this time and time again. And so we started diving in last week is what it means in our life to follow a star, to follow a star. What does that look like? Obviously, we're focusing on the wise men. We talked last week how the, how the wise men were from the Far East. Most scholars uh, believe it was around uh, um, the Persia, which is modern-day Iran, and they traveled a little over 1,000 miles to get there. Some biblical scholars said it could take up to two years to travel that with, with camels and, 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 and a whole crew of people. And so, but the wise men 
The reason they started their journey was because they saw something in the sky that intrigued them. And based upon some previous prophecies they've, they've had uh, in the manuscripts of, of the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, and other prophecies as well, they had some of those where they're putting the pieces together and they're realizing, wait, <clears throat> this star could really mean something. This star could, could really mean the, the, the signal for a new king. And so that's what they did. They, they went ahead and, and followed this star, not knowing exactly how long it's going to take, not knowing anything about uh, the journey. And so one of three things, characteristics about the journey we talked about last week is that, number one, the wise men had to leave the familiar. They were probably uh, in the king's uh, wise council, and they probably had a, a pretty good setup there at the, at the king's palace. But they left the familiar in search of something that they knew they had to follow. It's like God was pulling them. And not only did they have to lead the familiar, but it, it, was, a, it was a dangerous uh, road. It was, it was a, a trek a thousand miles through, through the desert. I mean, sandstorms, you know, robbers. It was a little dangerous. And then also, it, it seemed a little foolish. I mean, these guys are pretty wise. And to just go chase after a star? Oh, this, you're wasting your time. I'm sure there's other wise men. It's like, what are you talking about? What, you're going to leave? You're going to go, you're gonna go how, you don't know how far to follow this star that you don't know where it goes? It's a little foolish. And when, when God calls you and I to follow a star that he's placed in our lives, we have the same issues as well. When God says, I, I have this star for you, and that star represents a better marriage, represents a better marriage. Or that, that star uh, represents you know, a, a, a closer walk with God. Maybe a deeper discipleship. Maybe a get, get with other men or other, other women or students. Start a Bible club at your school or, or get involved in FCA or whatever. And, or that could, star could represent, you know, it's time to get yourself in order. It's time to get your life in order. Whatever that star is. And what it is for you, and you know what that is. You may have multiple stars. But you know what that star is. And it's a star that God's telling you, I need you to obey, and I need you to do this. And we've just either been putting it off or ignoring it. And God is saying, follow the star. I know it's, I know it's in the distance. I know you're going to have to lead the familiar. You're going to have to lead the familiar. But I've never done counseling. I've never shared my heart with a counselor. Whatever it takes to save your marriage. Yeah. You gotta leave the familiar a little bit. It's a little bit, it could be a little bit dangerous. I'm leaving, I'm leaving my heart out there for exposed. You know, the, the, the wise men were exposed to, uh, to, to weather, to, to what this world, this earth has to offer in that almost two year trek to Jerusalem. In Bethlehem, but, but God is asking you, look, expose your heart. I know it's a little, it may seem a little dangerous, 
but I'm your defender. We just got through singing about that. I know it seems like you may have lost your way, but look back to the star. I'm your defender. I will shield you. Just follow me. And then it may seem a little foolish. It may seem a little foolish to your, to your mind and to your heart to say, you know, Frank, that I, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make any sense. Like we, Cliff just talked about, uh, talked about uh, finances and, uh, as we did our offering. You know, one thing that doesn't make sense, and I, I'm just going to be honest with you. It doesn't make sense that for God to take my money and use it and expand it to glorify his kingdom, okay, to do that, it takes me giving a portion of my money to his work. It's like, well, if God was really God, then I wouldn't have to give him any money. He should be able to do it, do it himself. No, where this finally makes sense is the fact that we are selfish people. <laughs> I, would, I would rather use that money on something else. But I know that God says to me, Frank, there's a star I want you to follow with your money. There's a star I want you to follow with your finances. I want to do something great with your money. I know it's not a lot, but I could take a little and expand it to do great things and bless your life. And so God, God asks us to, to, to give a little bit, okay? And, and it, now, that may seem foolish to the world's eyes. It does. But in God's economy, it doesn't. And that's just one example. Uh, whatever star you're, you're, you've been asked to follow, it may seem a little foolish. But I want to encourage you to keep going no matter what. There's a story about a gentleman named Cliff Young. Now, I, I'm, gonna, I'm basically going to read this part of the story to you because I don't want to mess it up. Uh, but it's a really an amazing story. Every year, Australia hosts a 544-mile endurance race from Sydney to Melbourne. It is considered among the world's most grueling ultra-marathons. I would guess so, 544 miles. The race takes five days to complete and is normally only attempted by world-class athletes who train specifically for the event. These athletes are typically less than 30 years old and, and backed by large companies such as Nike. In 1983, a man named Cliff Young showed up at the start of his race. Cliff was 61 years old and wore overalls and work boots. I, I, that, that's kind of foolish, huh? This is a guy, 61 years old, show up to do a 544-mile overalls, work boots. To everyone's shock, Cliff wasn't a spectator. He picked up his race number and joined the other runners. The, the, the press and, and the media and, and other athletes became curious and questioned Cliff. They told him, you're, you're crazy. There's no way you can finish this race. To which he replied, yes, I can. You see, I grew up on a farm where we couldn't afford horses or tractors. And the whole time I was growing up, whenever the storms would roll in, I'd have to go out and round up the sheep. 
Well, you see, we had about 2,000 to 3,000 sheep on about 2,000 acres of land. Sometimes I would have to run those sheep for two or three days. It took a long time, but I'll always catch them. I believe I can run this race. That's what he told the media. So when the race started, the pros quickly left Cliff behind. The crowds and the television audience were entertained because Cliff didn't even run properly. He, he kind of shuffled a little bit. Many even feared the old farmer would, would die. They feared for his safety. When the morning of the second day came, everyone was in for a surprise. Not only was Cliff still in the race, he had continued jogging the entire night while the other runners went to sleep. Eventually, Cliff was asked about his tactics for the rest of the race. To everyone's disbelief, he claimed he would run straight through to the finish line without sleeping. Cliff kept running. Each night, he came a little closer to the leading pack. By the final night, he had surpassed all of the young world-class athletes. He was the first competitor to cross the finish line. He set a new course record. Now, it makes me want to run a marathon. You know, overalls, work boots. But he trained himself back on the farm. I got to round up these sheep. There's 2,000 of them, and I'm on foot. And I, I got three days to do it. And so there's no time to sleep. No time for counting sheep. You got you to keep going. Got to keep pressing on. That's what Cliff did in that race. Amazed everybody. Did it seem a little foolish? Yeah, seemed a little foolish. Was it dangerous for a 61-year-old man? I'd say, yeah. Did, did um, you know, did, the, the, did everybody kind of make fun of him? Yeah. But you know, he followed that trail to the finish line. Here's why I tell you that story. You probably have connected the dots. My encouragement to you, based upon Cliff's story, I want to encourage you to keep going and don't stop. You know, if I was one of the wise men, about mile 400, I would have started asking some major questions. <laughs> okay, that thing keeps moving, and, 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 and we're at mile 400. What are we going to do? But just keep pressing on. With God puts it in your heart, and you know what you got to follow. Put in your heart the star that you got to follow. I want to encourage you, be like Cliff. Put on those overalls, tie up your shoelaces on your work boots, and get after it, and keep pressing on. And whatever you're supposed to be doing, whatever God has placed in front of you, I want to encourage you to keep going. You know, you can, actually, you can actually make some phone calls and visit some websites, and, and, and you, can, you can actually name a star, an actual star. And uh, you give it a name, and it costs a little bit of money. And, and I've often thought, hey, that'd be pretty cool to, to name a star. And uh, I'd name it after my wife, Suzanne. Yeah. But, but today, we're going to name a star here. Now, in just, in just a second here, we're going to have um, some of our ushers and people to pass out uh, some stars. 
And so um, if you are an usher and if you know where those stars are, we're going to pass those out. And uh, so while they're doing that, we basically have these cutouts of these stars and uh, whether you have a, a pen or not, and if you want to write on this right now, you can, or you can write on it uh, when you get home, when you can think about it. But here's what we're going to do. And guys, go ahead and begin passing out some of those stars, however you guys want to do that. And he, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're passing these stars out, and I want you to think right now, what is the main star? What is that star that is shining the brightest that God is telling you, look, you really need to take care of this. You really need to take care of this. this. This issue that you're having, it's about time that you follow that star. Okay, this, uh, this error in your life that you need to surrender, it's time to follow the star. And so whatever area is in your life, I want to encourage you, you can either write that down now or you can, uh, you can write it, take that star home, even, even pray about it. Lord, what is the one thing you want, me to, you want me to do? What is the one thing you want me to follow? You know? And you could use that star in the new year, in 2016. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a New Year's resolution, but, but God is telling us today there's some people in here, and I'm one of them. I've got a star that I've been looking at, and it keeps looking at me. And it's about time that I go after that star and to follow that. And so whatever that star is in your life, I want you to pray about it and commit that to God. And then put that star somewhere where you can see it, somewhere visible. You might want to put it in your Bible you know, maybe put it in your wallet or your billfold. But I want you to use this, and, and don't totally put this away right now because we're actually going to get it out towards the end of my message. Um, but as the wise men traveled all that distance, the next thing we hear about their next stop is they're pretty much there. They're, they've arrived in Jerusalem, which Bethlehem is their ultimate goal, they didn't really know that at the time. And Bethlehem is just a few miles outside of Jerusalem. And so they came to Jerusalem, and they, they were able to speak to King Herod. Now, believe it or not, this, this vicious king was known as Herod the Great. Now, the reason why Herod had the Great next to his, next to his name is because he was great at managing the economy and, and the food supply. He was also great at building some incredible uh, structures, some great buildings. In fact, he even rebuilt the temple. There's lots of things that, that Herod the Great did. And, but we also see a little bit of his flaws in Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read just a few verses. And actually, we're camping out at where we were last week. And if you don't have the, your copy of God's Word, we have it on a screen. You can also find it on version as well. Submit a prayer request and that kind of stuff on you version. But in, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, we see a little bit of his flaws. Yeah, Herod was great, but he was also not so great at a few things. Uh, verse 7, Then Herod called the Magi secretly. 
Now, this is after they've arrived. They're in the palace. They've told them, King Herod, what's, what the deal is. So King Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Oh, go find this child. Oh, there's a new king. Oh, a new king, the king of the Jews, to replace me. Oh, go find this child and please tell me where he is so, so I can worship him too. Verse 16. We're jumping over a little bit. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, and here's what happened. God spoke to the Magi, the wise men, in a dream. He said, don't go back to Herod. He's out to do something evil. So when King Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had heard from the Magi. He didn't hear back from the Magi. He didn't hear back from the wise men. I told those guys to come tell me. I wanted to know where this, where this new king is. They didn't come back. Fine, I'll take care of it. Every child, two years and younger, Bethlehem, kill him. Gave the order. What a despicable man. What an evil, evil man. Now you may think, well, how did Jesus survive? Well, God continued to speak in these, in these dreams, and he spoke to Joseph. You need to get Jesus, the Christ child, and Mary, and you need to escape to Egypt now. So in the, in, in the middle of the night, they went to Egypt before the swords came and slaughtered those boys in Bethlehem. And so what an evil, evil man. So what, what are some of the characteristics of King Herod? And we're going to apply this into our life. I hear music. You hear music? So anyway, we, um, hey, I, I thought it was like angels, you know, appearing. So we, uh, we have some things in our life that uh, we, we're going to apply to this. So hang with me just a moment. What are some characteristics of Herod? Number one, Herod was deceitful. He was deceitful. Oh, tell me where the Christ child is born so that I too can go worship him. That's a bunch of bull. That, that wasn't his plan. His plan was to go to worship him. His plan was to kill him. So, so in your walk with the star, in your walk, you will face a Herod. You will face a King Herod. And let me tell you something. The biggest King Herod, which is an enemy, the biggest King Herod that you will face as you follow the star is yourself. Yourself is the one you've got to look after. Because it's so easy to be a little bit uh, deceitful. 
It's easy to be deceitful in, in following the star. Yeah, let's say if God says, I, I want you to get yourself in order. I mean, work on your, work, you know, work on uh, how, you, uh, how you treat others, you know, work on emotionally, mo- work, work on mentally, you know, work on, on physically, get yourself in, in shape, eat right, those kinds of things. Let's say if that is your star, that God has said, you need to follow this star. I want you to take better care of yourself. Well, you could go, uh, go sign, sign up for a gym. Hey, I'm going to go sign up for a gym. I've got a, I've got a membership. Oh, that's good. Awesome. And that's all you do. You don't go to the gym. You just sign up. And you have a membership. And you're you're being deceitful to yourself. You, Herod, are being deceitful to you, the traveler who's trying to go follow the star. And I just use that as one example. Fixing, fixing your marriage. You know, yeah, let's just, let's just, you know, sign up for counseling. And then you maybe go once and that's it. It's like, well, it's not really not for me, but we went to counseling. It's not really all in. You're being deceitful to yourself. Don't be a Herod. Another characteristic was Herod was this. He was very possessive. He was very possessive. He wanted that power. No king is going to take my place. No king is going to take my place. He's very selfish. And the Herod that you will face as you walk, again, as yourself, is selfishness. Like, you want those things that you feel like belong to you. You're, 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 you're possessive. And so you, you could have a, a, a feeling of a sense of, well, entitlement. Entitlement. As you're facing that star, it's like, well, I know I'm supposed to work on my marriage but have you seen the way my, my spouse treats me? I'm entitled to better than that. No, we're really entitled to death. We all are. And it's only by his grace that you can even have this breath that you, you're breathing right now. And it's only by God's grace that you have that spouse in your life. And so don't be, have a sense of entitlement and and possessive, like, this is mine, I deserve this. That right there will defeat your journey in a heartbeat. Go after your journey with humility. Go after your journey with a heart that, you know what, I don't deserve any of this. I deserve death, and I'm going to follow what God is telling me to do. I'm going to walk in obedience to what God has called me to do in my life, and I've yet to do it. I've yet to step up to the plate but I'm gonna do it. And so as you're on that journey, I wanna encourage you, don't be possessive. So don't, don't be deceitful, don't be possessive. And then also, the evil, the sin in our life. You have gotta watch out for that because if you are following a star 
that God has asked you to follow. If you're doing something, God's called you to do something in your life, and, and, and you're finally getting around to it, it's probably going to be a tough road because of the sin in your life, because that sin in your life is probably what kept you from going after that in the first place. The evil in our hearts and the evil in our lives, that sinful nature, it's going to be there. Don't let that sin, don't let your sinful nature remove you from that journey. Don't let that sinful nature stop you. Keep on trekking on. Keep following. Just like Cliff Young in that race, keep going. You know, King Herod, he was a very evil man. He, uh, he did things, not only did he kill those, those young boys, he did things like he murdered, he murdered his wife. The hist- history tells us this. He murdered his mother. I mean, what kind of man murder- murders your mom? He, he murdered his oldest son. I mean, such evil in, in his heart. We are sinful people. And so the Herod inside of us We've got to watch. Don't be deceitful. Don't be, don't be possessive, entitled. I'm entitled to this. No, you're not. Don't be, don't be sinful. And those are just some of the characteristics that we pick up from King Herod that we can watch out for as we're walking on this journey. Because the wise men, they didn't go straight, straight to where Jesus was in Bethlehem. They were diverted and went to Jerusalem first. And so you will face that Herod and that Herod. And there will be other Herods in your life. But the biggest Herod you have to get over is the one that's in the mirror. And so I want to encourage you with as much as I possibly can. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. You might be sitting here thinking, well, Frank, there, there are some things that, that's going to stop me that could prevent me from finishing following that star. It, it, it may not even be some of the ones that I've, that I've shared. You may know what that is. And so here's what I want you to do. On that star, so take out that star. On that star that we gave you, and whether you rode on, on one side or not, and you could do this now, you could do this later. But on the other side of that star, I want you to write down what is the Herod in your life that could prevent you from following that star. What is that Herod? And we say, well, it's me. Well, okay. But what about you? What are some of your weaknesses? And then put that on that star, on the opposite side of that star. And then take that journey And as you take that journey, be aware of those things that could stop you and make it a matter of prayer. And pray like you've never prayed before to finish that journey. It's going to be difficult. Yeah, you're going to leave the familiar. It may not make sense. But just keep pressing on. And then I want you to, if it's something that it's difficult for you to do on your own. I want you to get other people. Those wise men, they didn't travel by themselves. They traveled in a group. And so I want you to get some people in your life. 
one, two, three or more people in your life to say, I need to make this a matter of prayer. God wants me to do this and I know he does and it's going to be hard but I know I need to do it. I need to fix this. I need to fix a relationship. Maybe I've got unforgiveness in my heart and this person has wronged me and it's a star that's blaring in my face. Star of releasing that to God. The star of forgiveness. Whatever that star is, you can't do, if you can't do it on your own, get people to pray with you and to walk with you. So in this season, as we follow the star, we started off how the wise men saw it last week and how they started their journey. Now this week we see where they've, they've on their journey, they've come across a, a very evil person who could have stopped them, but by the grace of God, didn't. And next week, we're going to see what the wise men do there at the foot of Jesus, the Messiah. And I want to encourage you to come back and hear the full journey. But you and I on our journey as well. We're on this journey. And, and anytime you need prayer, let us know. We'll pray for you. But take that star home. Write on it. What is that star God wants you to follow? And what is that Herod in your life that's trying to stop you? That's all I want you to do. It's very simple. But it's something that, that you can apply in your life. And if you're sitting here today and you're saying, you know, Frank, I have never, never uh, chosen to follow a star that I know has been, has been in my life. There, there are people, Frank, in my life that, that have been pointing the way to Jesus. And, and I've not made that decision. And I know I need to follow that star, that star of salvation, of that star of following Jesus every day of my life, letting him, let him be Lord of my life, surrendering my life to him. If that is you today, we can start that journey right here, right now. Don't wait. Don't wait to follow that star. I'll think about it. No, you could start that right now. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes in just a moment, and I'm going to I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then I'm going to ask if you, if there's anyone here, man, Frank, I need to start that journey of, of following Jesus.